0: The Denver Broncos have to lick their wounds as they prepare for an AFC West Divisional showdown against the Las Vegas Raiders this Sunday. Sarah Beninger, myself, we answer Broncos country's questions about the future of this team. Should there be any coaching changes in season? We take a look at what that would look like and the impact, not just from the top level, but to the player level and the on-field product. All today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Broncos Country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network. Your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us cover the Denver Broncos for the Locked On NFL Network and Nine news. This podcast is also free and available everywhere. You get your podcast, your favorite audio podcasting platforms. You can watch us on YouTube, on your TV, on your phone, your computer. Just make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications. So you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news content and coverage from an objective point of view from Sarah and myself. And once again, thank you for making lockdown Broncos your first listen. Of the day, every single day. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our good friends over there. Rockauto.com amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com But Sarah, my friend, look, we had, had some time. I felt like we had a really good therapy session in the post-game report, a mm-hmm. lot of comments on YouTube and a lot of interaction by Broncos fans about just the display that we saw on Sunday. And then there's no excuse for the display that we saw. And I think this is a week where it's really kind of how do you recenter? How do you refocus everything? Can't wait to talk about it with you, my man. How you doing?
1: You know, Cody, after a loss, all things considered, doing pretty well. Got some Chick-fil-A today, you know, the therapy Boom. that is needed on a day like today. So absolutely, man, doing well, all things considered and, and excited to talk about this because, you're right. It's it's something that it just feels different than a typical loss. The Broncos are still three and two. Look, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Las Vegas Raiders, they both lost as well on Sunday. The Chiefs actually got kind of, you know, they got beat up pretty good on their home field. So it's interesting what's happening around the league. But of course, our focus is the Denver Broncos and right now, it just feels like they're on a different playing field than a team like the Los Angeles Chargers or if you look across the rest of the AFC, the Buffalo Bills, other teams like that made the decision in recent years to go after their QBs of the future when the Broncos passed. So it'll be, it'll be a, it's a fun conversation that we have ahead of us and not just today, but going forward.
0: Yeah. And you're spot on too. And I think that I can speak for everybody. When I was watching that Cleveland Browns chargers game from Sunday, I couldn't help, but feel like dang. How is the Broncos' defense going to keep up with any of these units? Because, look, the Broncos are going to play the Chargers at some point this season, twice. They play the Browns here in just a few weeks on Thursday Night Football. Really, I mean, it's next week. So I don't even know. It's next week that they play the Cleveland Browns, who just look like an unbelievable force. with Probably the NFL's best rushing dynamic right now with Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and not to mention just the offense and weapons they have. And right now with how the Broncos are trending downwards, it's frustrating. So I think that we've got through a really good therapy session with Broncos country following the game. Obviously, there's some issues that we addressed. We're going to continue to touch on. But Broncos head coach Vic Fangio met with the media on Monday to kind of talk about the game. And and going back to it, Sarah, I I had a chance to rewatch the game and I saw the frustration. This was the one time, and I think you and I have talked about this before we even went on the show, there's this frustration. I've been a big Vic Fangio fan and supporter. I love the philosophy and look. The players love him too, but there comes a point in time where you have to fix the things that are impacting you on a weekly basis. And look, there's times where the Broncos go a few weeks without some of these issues impacting them, but then when it happens back-to-back weeks in a row, you start to get a little concerned. And I think a lot of it, too, is adjustments. And sadly enough, so far this season through two weeks – I know it's the last two weeks, but it's been two losses – It just doesn't seem like the Broncos have been adjusting at all. It took the Broncos to the fourth quarter on Sunday against the Steelers to get things going offensively. How come maybe going more up-tempo, having more urgency, which Vic had mentioned, we have to start the game with more urgency. Everybody came out lethargic. What's the excuse for that? Why is that happening? Is that on the preparation side? There's things, look, I I like Vic a lot as a coach. I would have loved as a player to play for Vic. But these are things now from a media standpoint, me sitting in these chairs as a former player and as an analyst and a coach, I have to put into question here.
1: You do. And what you just described to me, Cody, is exactly what Vic Fangio said at his press conference back in January of 2019. The thing that he said, this is not how the Denver Broncos are going to die, death by inches. And it's those little adjustments Over the course of time that the Broncos have just failed to make that have led to the point that we're at today. And of course, the Broncos are three and two. So, hey, we're not knocking our own teeth out with knee jerk reactions here. But I think that it's fair to say that the loss against the Pittsburgh Steelers just felt a lot different than other losses in the past. You're exactly right, Cody, in what you're saying. It's the lack of adjustments on a week-to-week basis. It's the, well, we need to come out with more intensity and open the game with more intensity. So why aren't you doing that? There's no excuse for not doing that. There's no excuse for a lot of things that happened in this game, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. But it's 100% accurate what you're saying. Of course, Vic Fangio is a tremendous, tremendous NFL coach. He's not and I'm not saying head coach. I'm saying he's a tremendous NFL coach. He knows how to scheme a defense. He knows how to scheme against players. He knows how to shut down one area of a specific team. He can do those types of things and he can scheme a defense with the best of any of them in the NFL right now or over the course of the last 30 plus years. What we need to see Vic Fangio's teams do is be more aggressive. And I point back to. Look at the Jacksonville Jaguars game at the very end. The Broncos had an opportunity to get over 30 points at the end of that game. And of course, every fan sitting on their couch, wanting the stat pad, you know, all those different things happening at the end of the game is, is hoping that the Broncos go in and score They're they're five or so yards out, if I remember correctly, but the Broncos decided to sit on the ball there and take a knee and not get those extra points. And I think to me. I just that's one small thing one small picture of this this lack of aggressiveness from this coaching staff the lack of killer mentality that i think you have to have in today's nfl there's no lead that is safe In this league there's no there's no amount of you know practice reps that you can have that are going to prepare you better than those in-game reps and of course you know that that's neither here nor there at this point but but man I, i just think that there's so many little things that have added up over time from this entire coaching staff that to me indicate the question needs to be asked is the right group in place right now for the Denver Broncos as we watch teams like the Los Angeles Chargers turn it around so quickly. As we see a team like the Cleveland Browns really establishing itself as a powerhouse in the AFC, even in a loss, they looked great, like you mentioned. So it's just tough to see the Broncos even close to that tier right now. It just feels like they're so far back. It it almost feels like, to me, Cody, like the Denver Broncos, if if we're making an analogy to the college game, like in college football, if you lose a game early in the season, it's almost like your season is over. And it feels to me like the Denver Broncos with two straight losses to to key AFC opponents, teams that will be competing for the playoffs down the stretch of this season, it almost feels to me after these two losses like the Broncos season is over. And it's not. I'm, I'm not saying that it is. But it, it, it has that kind of vibe just because of the things that we're seeing from this team all too consistently.
0: Yeah. Well, if it's a vibe, there's something that the universe is trying to tell everybody. And look, Broncos country. That's why Sarah and I are here. We try to analyze it. We try to put it into perspective from many different lenses, but we're actually going to talk a little bit about coaching. And if there are any changes, what it may look like coming up here in just a moment, Broncos country. But before we do that, let me tell you about the other sponsor of today's episode show. It's our good friends over there. Betonline.ag and week six, of the NFL season is approaching. I can't believe we're already six weeks in. BetOnline is the number one source for everything professional and college football for all your betting needs. With the new updated site and interface, you can quickly browse and find the latest odds, Props and new contests that can get you entered in. So you can put your money online if you want to bet on the game of football itself. I know I'm very active in my week to week, even though I barely win money doing it. So I don't know why I put myself through it, but it's fun, it's entertaining, and Bet Online brings you the best experience possible out of all platforms there. Not to mention, you can sign up today and use promo code LOCKED ON. And when you do for your first time, you'll get a 50% deposit bonus today when you sign up for your first time at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports. Actions. Better line where the game begins. All right, Sarah, Jumping into the other action on today's episode Lockdown Broncos. Just want to say thank you so much, Broncos Country, for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. A couple of five star reviews from amazing listeners all across Broncos Country. Thank you so much for that. We're close to 5K subscribers here on YouTube, so make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you never miss out, and we're going to do a contest giveaway. We're going to do a jersey giveaway. Once we hit 5K to thank all of you for listening, tuning in, and supporting. And look, Broncos football is so much more entertaining when the team is winning, right? But they're going through some things right now. And a lot of it, too, is the subject this week, Sarah, uh, everywhere, nationally, will be on, obviously, player execution. Players have to play better, absolutely, no doubt about that. But the focus is going to be on this coaching staff. And before we get into some of our questions that were sent in by Broncos country, specifically about coaching, I wanted to focus on a couple of key points here since the Vic Fangio era has began in 2019. Vic Fangio was brought in, as you mentioned, to be this guy that's going to help the team build culture and avoid some of the things that they just weren't doing in the Vance Joseph era. And I can tell you this, Vic Fangio has done a great job of that because that locker room under Vance Joseph, the players did not respect Vance Joseph clearly enough as a football coach. They liked him as a human being, as a leader of men, but not as a football coach on Sundays. The Broncos and players, most of that locker room, they view Vic as a great human being and also as a great football coach. And even though he's old school, he has helped set a little bit of a culture in that locker room that will make a difference. If not now, I think down the stretch, and even if he's not part of this regime that could be a big part of it. But, Sarah, we're seeing a lot in the comment sections on YouTube. We're seeing it on Twitter. We're seeing it on Facebook groups. Everybody is saying, well, not everybody, but a lot of people are saying, the Broncos right now, at this very moment, need to fire everybody, get rid of everybody. And I can tell you this. There is not one inept organization, I don't care how bad the Jacksonville Jaguars are, that would do this type of thing here. You cannot get rid of an entire football staff. And everyone's saying it about Tom McMahon, too, which I really want to talk about this. Special teams only has Two coaches, Chris Gould, Tom McMahon, and Chris Gould's the assistant guy. And those two coaches are responsible for up to six to seven different units, personnels, and packages. When you look at the offense, you look at the defense, there's the coordinator. There's the position coaches. There's quality control specialists. There's like four or five, maybe even six coaches per per unit from offense. There's that many coaches, defense, that many coaches and more. And then you have your other guys that come in. Special teams has two. So you fire a guy like Tom McMahon, you you put all that responsibility on one guy. That is not sustainable. There's no quality con- control coaches here on the special team side. The When you look at coordinators, so this is where I think things get interesting. We know Vic Fangio is calling the defense, but you know maybe you look at it from the standpoint do you give that play calling duty to Ed Donatale? Do you put Ed Donatale up in the box? Have him relay the call to Vic. Vic does the signal on the field or you have another coach like Christian Parker, Chris Beak, whoever it may be, giving those signals out onto the field so you can have that. I don't know. Maybe Vic Fanjo's too close to it. He's the head coach. He also calls the defense. I thought he's done a really good job outside of the last two weeks of being able to do that. Offensive coordinator. that's probably where the biggest gripe is there for Broncos country is Pat Shermer. And it goes back to the one decision back in 2019 at the end of the season the broncos decided to fire a young first year offensive coordinator a young mind from the kyle shanahan tree the shanahan philosophy the west coast offense and what you see that with the qb collective they move on from him to go with a veteran more established offensive coordinator with tenure and and obviously pat Shermer. and then the icing on the cake was bringing in mike shula to be the quarterback coach clearly sarah it was a huge risk to do that and it hasn't paid off so How do you change that? Like, if Vic has to save his job, he might have to get rid of Pat Shermer. I think
1: absolutely he might, and that's a tough decision to have to make. And, of course, we know that the Denver Broncos admitted a little bit of their own mistake there, not hiring just flat-out Kyle Shanahan back when they had the opportunity by bringing in one of his protégés. So I think the Broncos may even share that sentiment with Broncos country. Yeah, we kind of missed one there, but as of right now, The hiring of Pat Shermer and Mike Shula and such a veteran coaching staff has yielded really mixed results on either side of the ball. I think that I've applauded this coaching staff for player development as a general whole over the course of the last three seasons under Vic Fangio. And it's accurate. I think he has done a pretty good job on the whole of developing talent, but specifically talking about offensive scheme, play calling, um, play designs, game flow, those different types of things that Pat Shermer is in charge of throughout the season. We've had Tim Jenkins on a number of times, and he's called out some brilliant play designs by Pat Shermer. And that is not my concern, frankly. My concern with Pat Shermer is game flow, decisions within the game. When you're making predictable decisions as an offensive coordinator that any fan sitting at home can predict, well, we know we know he's going to do this. He's grown a reputation in recent weeks for running on second and long and hasn't done anything to yeah. kind of stop that reputation from growing. So it's just fascinating the things that we're able to call out sitting here watching the game from the couch or wherever you watch the game from the sports bar wherever it is we can call all these things out and yet pat Shermer continues to do them and of course we understand there's an ebb and flow to everything you have to be able to establish the run you have to be able to use the run to set up the pass you have to do this you have to do that at the same time it just feels like that pat Shermer is not maximizing the talent that's on this offensive side of the ball even with the injuries that are happening and of course we could point this all back to what Vic Fangio said. The game has to open up with the offense being more more intense, more aggressive. Um, they have to be more ready. And, of course, you come out and you get a, a delay of game on the very first play. It's inexcusable yeah. stuff like that and things throughout the course of a game. Why is Noah Fant chipping T.J. Watt more than he is getting targeted in the passing game? Why is Deontay Spencer getting targeted on a fade at the end of the game why are you why are you doing all of these different sorts of things running horizontally as the clock is is ticking down and you need points in an urgent way or or you're huddling with with very few second precious seconds remaining in the game i mean it's just all of these different things that are adding up over time with pat Shermer, and then of course you could look at the long term Failing to develop Drew Locke. of course. When the Broncos benched Drew Locke this year, they essentially admitted we failed to develop him. We couldn't do it. Um, you, then you had the the quarterback snafu last year that you know ended up with Kendall Hinton starting a game at the position. So it's just all of these different things for me that you hire these old hats at on the offensive side of the ball to be veteran guys to 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 come in and provide that stability and they have provided anything but they've been trying like many other offensive coordinators and i would look at specifically guys like bill musgrave and, and player or coaches like that who have tried to fit the players to the scheme rather than creating the scheme to fit the players that you have on your roster. That's my biggest frustration with Pat Sherman right now. He's asking these guys to do things that he wants to do instead of doing things for the players that he knows they can do.
0: And I think that's a very valid point and one that many in Broncos country share. And actually coming up here in just a moment, we have a couple of coaching culture related questions. I know this was the coaching culture episode on lockdown Broncos. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about rockauto.com, the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. And if you need anything for your vehicle, rockauto.com has everything whether you need brake parts tail lamps motor oil or even new carpet for your vehicle rockauto.com literally has everything and their catalog online is unique and it's remarkably easy to navigate where you can quickly see all the parts available for your car based on year make model brands specifications and even the prices that you prefer not to mention the prices are always reliably low whether you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer why spend up to 30 percent, 50 percent, or 100 more when you can go to rockauto.com today so go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car truck right locked on broncos in there how did you hear about his box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right, Sarah, let's jump into the fourth quarter action. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, a couple of mailbag questions sent in by avid listeners all across Broncos country. I want to open things up right here with Caden Stobb. He says, do we realistically think that there could be a coaching change if the team does not make the playoffs this year? I mean, going on six years without a playoff appearance along with the new GM, you would think that Fangio and Shermer have got to be on the hot seat with this amount of talent that they have. And, and Sarah, obviously, what are your thoughts on that for Caden's response?
1: Yeah, shout out to Caden. He's uh, he's a great guy. I always love talking to him about the games and things going on in Broncos country. But I think absolutely that's that's justifiable after this year. You know, you had last year as kind of like a I don't wanna say gimme, but I mean with everything going on in the world at large last year, it was really tough to say. Anything that, you know, you could point back to specifically Vic Fangio as a reason to fire him for things going on, whether it was so many players going on the COVID list or injuries or different things like that that happened, just the the hurdles and obstacles last season. But typically three seasons is what a lot of NFL coaches will get anymore to prove that they can turn a ship around and i think that for vic fangio right now you have an opportunity of course we saw them you know kind of squander opportunities against the ravens and against the steelers but i think that he has had plenty of opportunities to really show hey i could be the head coach for the future for this team despite being older when he was hired age 61 when he was a rookie head coach in the nfl i think vic fangio has shown there's there's some signs of improvement the defense has consistently, I think, gotten better. And, of course, with a healthy roster, you think that, man, he could do a really good job. But at this point, you know, the, the rubber has to meet the road. You've got to make the playoffs. You've got 17 games. You've got seven seeds in both conferences. And you've got an opportunity, I think, to really make it happen this year. You picked Teddy Bridgewater specifically for that purpose. You're going all in. And, and frankly, a new owner coming in is going to have an opportunity to evaluate and see whether or not they want to keep Vic Fangio. And we don't know who that will be or how that will impact anyone. But I think to me, you've definitely got an opportunity to, to shake things up.
0: And so the next one comes in from Nick Howie He says, if a coach, like a young, bright offensive mind, a rising guy, and Kelly Moore has obviously done a great job with the Dallas Cowboys offense, all the personnel that they have there, and they have a franchise quarterback, by the way, is available for hire, do the Broncos take a chance on hiring him and asking Vic Fangio to transition a defensive coordinator? Seems like Denver's in a sink or swim situation offensively in the AFC to us and need help ASAP. Well, Nick, I can tell you this. If the Broncos were were to fire Vic Fangio as the head coach, if they were going to go for a young offensive mind like Kellen Moore, who's done, like I said, a tremendous job, there is no way that Vic Fangio is going to take the defensive coordinator job in Denver. Once you get fired or demoted, you ain't staying around there. And it's obviously not good for a lot of organizational structures. Maybe they ask Ed Donatel to go you know, stay and be the DC, but the the reality of the situation is, is that Vic Fangio, Ed Donatel, they've always really kind of been a package deal throughout the course of the last However many years, dating back to San Francisco, Chicago, and now obviously Denver. Uh, but the thing is, there's a lot of Broncos. sense like, you know what? The Broncos need to go with a young, offensive-minded guy. Well, here's the deal. The Broncos are going to do that. They need to go get the right young, offensive-minded guy. You can get a young guy just for the sake of getting a young guy who's an offensive mind, but if the philosophy doesn't match in exactly what Sarah and I are talking about with what your players are good at, building your scheme around the players, not your players around the scheme itself, that's where I think we can see some growth here for this team. It's evident as they... Offense is really the biggest issue for the Broncos. Yes, defensively the last two weeks they've struggled. I don't see that being sustainable. I don't see them struggling like like they had the last two weeks through the rest of the season. I see maybe some issues, some matchup issues they run into. I just don't see them playing as poor as they have the last two weeks. I think that gets adjusted, but I I think that you have to also factor in. There's a lot of people are like, Hey, Brian Dable, if Brian Dable is a head coach of the Denver Broncos, you want to know something? He calls plays from up in the box. And if you notice a lot of the really good offensive coordinators are up in the box and Pat rumors up in the box, calling plays. You can see things a lot clearly up there rather than being on the field. So, That's one of those underrated aspects I don't think many people talk about. I think what Brian Dable has done for the Buffalo Bills, Sarah, has been fantastic. I mean, obviously, when you go to Kansas City, you put up 38 and you just dominate them. I mean, it's not even close. That game wasn't even close, really, outside the first quarter, second quarter, a little bit. Outside of that, it was all Buffalo all the way, and it's nice to see Kansas City at the bottom of the AFC West. So even though it feels like the Broncos are at the bottom right now, uh, but outside of that, I think that the Broncos will take a look at every option if, in fact, they do make a decision at the end of the season to fire Vic Fangio. If something were to happen in season, I'd imagine the interim would be Ed Donatel or would be Mike Munchak, who has prior head coaching experience. So something to keep an eye on there.
1: Definitely is, Cody, and that's a great answer. I think you're absolutely right on that. Uh, You know, I think that this is an interesting one from Rick, too. Considering Shermer was Vic's guy, and we know that based on the fact that Vic made the decision to fire Rich Gangarello and hire Pat Shermer. He says, I don't see him getting fired, but do you see a situation where play calling is given to Shula, Mike Shula, the quarterback's coach, instead of Shermer, What do you think about that, Cody? That's an interesting, it's one of those things, like you mentioned with Fangio being demoted to D coordinator, um, maybe a similar situation on the offense there.
0: Yeah. And and we'll obviously wrap up the show with this one. That's an interesting one. I just, Shula and Schirmer, like you mentioned that, kind of tandem package together, they run the same stuff. I mean, it's the same philosophy. I mean, it goes back to the point. I think we can maybe look at the Tennessee Titans, for example. Obviously, Arthur Smith left. The coach they promoted to OC was with the same offensive unit, but the offense for Tennessee isn't running the same, and the flow between play callers is evidently different. We see a guy who's been a quarterback coach here, not necessarily the coordinator, right? So how much of a change is that? Do you go with a young guy like Zach Azani who has passing game coordinating experience? How do the Broncos maximize a game plan week in and week out with maybe guys that don't have necessary NFL quality offensive coordinator experience it's a tremendous gamble and right now with how bad things are at with that offensive unit for denver this is really where they're at which kind of handcuffs them i think sir unless the offense starts showing steady improvement and starts doing things and committing to opening things up even more than they already are or maybe they need to take a step back and do some different things we talk about game flow Are, are the plays that the broncos are running consistently enough and i'm eager for tim jenkins thoughts on this we'll hear from him tomorrow on lockdown broncos but is it taking away from the game flow or is it adding to it or is it or the players just simply not executing are they're not executing with tempo it goes back to the fact sir that the broncos and this is where the the delay of game start happens the broncos literally wait till the play clock hits two seconds every single play and when you're down in a game you can't do that and i i had a hunch in my head and i think i brought it up on the pod once this is going to come back to bite the broncos in the tail if they can't get it together if the offense starts struggling and they're waiting this long to do it Ooh, it's, uh, things are troubling. I think the Broncos have to change some things up with offensive schemes, Sarah. And, and look, if that's Shula being the, the play caller, who knows? How different will it be? They're both different guys. So it's it's really hard to tell right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is hard to tell. And we know that Shula has called plays in the NFL before. So that is a reason why people are suggesting that. I personally prefer the idea of a guy like Zach Azani doing it. And the reason being... He's been with the Denver Broncos a bit longer, I believe, than those guys, maybe even just a year or two. But the fact that he has been with the Denver Broncos a bit longer, to me, you've got a guy who knows the personnel extremely well. And, and obviously, yeah. he specifically coaches the wide receivers. But when you have a guy that understands your personnel as well as Zach Azani does, he's a player's coach. We know that he's super invested in these guys. get to see him on Twitter and uh, all throughout the season and offseason, yeah. really – tweeting and praising his guys. But we know that this is a coach that understands the players on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that's what you need to maximize these guys' talent. Look, we brought George Payton in from the Minnesota Vikings to get a fresh look at how things are being run from a team development standpoint. I think at this point, Pat Shermer provided less of a, you know, all right, tell us, tell us how we can do this type of thing. And let's fit our players into your scheme. He he took that and said, I need to bring my scheme to this team. And that's what it seems like he's done so yeah. far. So I think Zakazani could do a good job taking these offensive concepts that I think are good on paper and translating it into success for the players, which is ultimately more important than having well-designed plays.
0: Wasn't it two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Broncos were, were worried about losing Zach Azani. I believe Central Michigan had an offensive coordinator job that they wanted him to take. And I, I, I'm not even mistaken, too. Wasn't it wasn't Michigan State that wanted Pat Shermer. I mean, we could do i think in the off mm-hmm. season sarah i think we look at everything that's happened in the broncos the last couple of years i think we do a, a little bit of a page out of what marvel did i think we do a what if series and we have a lot of content in the off season if we do that so Let's do that there, but I think it is important, right? If Central Michigan, obviously his alma mater where he coached, they they're well respected there. Zach Azani is. If they wanted him to be an offense coordinator, why not try him out as a young guy in house? We're seeing the rise of these young guys that mm-hmm. are built in. Heck, the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers was an outside linebacker coach two years ago for the Denver Broncos. So, anything at this point is possible. Leadership at the end of the day, sir. I think matters so much. And obviously, these players, mm-hmm. they love Coach Azani, might not be a bad option there. But uh Broncos Country, let us know your thoughts in the comment section down below on YouTube or on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL at Sarah Benninger, at Lockdown Broncos on your thoughts on the Broncos, where they stand from a culture standpoint, coaching standpoint, and maybe what they need to do in season to help get things back on track, or if it's even possible. We're here for the interaction. We appreciate you making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go check out Lockdown Nuggets, hosted by Adam Ades and Matt Moore. And the Denver Nuggets are getting busy as Bones Highland is making his debut. Obviously, we saw some great preseason action from him. He's exciting. He had 18 points in the third quarter last week against Minnesota Timberwolves you love to see it. The Nuggets, do they have a deep enough roster to make a championship run? Adam Mata's meant more than he had covered. But with that said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. I'm Cody York speaking for my good friend, Sarah Bettinger. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.